1: Welcome to the Maris Review, I'm Maris Kreisman, and I am so thrilled to be joined today by Sam Irby. Samantha Irby is a humorist and essayist and the author of three previous essay collections, but her latest
2: is called Quietly Hostile. Hi, Sam. Hi, right, Maris. This is the dream of my life to look at your face
0: first oh, I... in the
2: morning. You are so cute. I can't handle you, it. you, you glasses I wore pink for you I was like I don't want to I'm gonna be sunny for my girl I'm gonna be like cheerful I really appreciate it (laughs) thank you
1: I love that this new collection opens with what I would kind of think of as like your particular manifesto
2: (laughs) yes yes I came up with well not I came up with it's not like inventing anything but One day in a pinch, I am a um, over-apologizer. I am a please like me kind of person. And so my knee-jerk reaction when someone has been like critical of something innocuous that I enjoy or just mentioned or whatever, I am always the person who's like, you know, when some sophisticate frowns on whatever I like. I'm a person who's like, oh, oh, yeah, I know that's dumb. Or, oh, sorry, I know I have low bra. And like, why am I apologizing for things I didn't make that don't hurt anyone? So I just started saying when that happens. And it happens so often. Like, once you start looking for people trying to shame you or force an apology out of you, you see it, to like, constantly. Is just to say, I like it like whatever it is, I will defend a toothpaste brand to the death. uh, (laughs) If someone criticizes me, you know what I mean? It's just like, I can't do it anymore. I can't apologize. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you hate Mr. Colgate, that can't be my problem. Um, (laughs) And it, it works. It really does like take people's like knees out as soon as they're because they're like waiting for you to like try to get their approval by defending yourself and when you don't give it it's so awkward but it's so wonderful
1: it (laughs) is and like I really miss people earnestly liking things like I think Mm -hmm. like 10 or 15 years ago on social media it was a lot of people just liking
2: things yes yeah it's i I don't know. I have, for whatever, like, flaws in my personality, I, I'm i always, like, a cheerful consumer of things, right? I, or maybe, beca- like, undereducated. So that's why I'm cheerful. But, like, I'll watch any movie, and at the end, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that was good. I mean, I watched it. Couldn't have been that bad if I sat through the whole thing. <laughs> but this thing now where everyone's like, you know, the movie starts and people are, like, trying to, like, get their snarky takes ready. And I'm, like, I can't, I can't do, it is just so, I think that is a thing that is just, like, it wearies my soul to just, like, watch something with the goal of shitting on it. I don't want to do that.
1: I love that. And, it- and <laughs> speaking of which... <laughs> Anyone who loves your work knows that you are a huge Dave Matthews fan. And so I want to talk about your your new list in this collection <laughs> of most romantic songs and and how that allows you to talk about some of the other things you value.
2: Yeah. I so like more than I Think is appropriate. People like think I'm doing a bit, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) like I, I promise you, I still have all of his CDs. I want him to write about Dave, like just just so that it's out in public, right? So that you know the Bible of Samantha Irby, you know, chapter (laughs) whatever is we love Dave Matthews in this house, and like I. I'm not a reporter, right? So, like, figuring out how to write about him without doing any research, that's really, I mean, I'm going to admit it to you, then so the world will know, that is what puts me off of doing a thing, is, like, if I have to research, (laughs) like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. How can I make this about my feelings (laughs) Mm -hmm. and about the facts of this person's life? And so I was just, like, I was making myself a little like, you know, romantic Dave Matthews playlist. And then I was like, oh, I must, I must write about this, (laughs) I must write about this. (laughs) And like, I don't know, Will, I think I'm gonna convert people. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm delusional, but I really do think I'm gonna convert some folks. Listen. I may have turned on Apple Music and run through a couple. (laughs) Yeah. See? And were you, okay, I'm going to frame this so I get a positive answer no matter what. Were you horrified by any of the songs? No, I was back in (laughs) high school. Yeah. But I mean, the way what you listened to in high school, like, imprints it's like it becomes like part of your DNA or something right where it's just like it's like putting on a familiar jacket where you're like oh my god I forgot how good this feels and like I get it child me who hated listening to my parents old music I get it now I get it I like put the breeders on in the car the other day and uh the teens were like uh can you put on Kendrick and I was like
3: (laughs) what's a game where no one wins the waiting game when it comes to hiring don't wait for great talent to find you find them first with indeed when you're hiring you need indeed Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all the other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com/slash Maris. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com/slash Maris. Indeed.com/slash Maris. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I love that you even have an essay in this book
2: about not playing your music for the teens. There is nothing, okay, <laughs> maybe this is where I like it came from, right? Because teens, these, my stepchildren are 15 and 17, right? Like, they know everything. Uh, <laughs> every, everything about everything, you can't teach them anything, which is like, okay, great, whatever. But they are also so, like, they're so judgmental, but in the most, like, seamless way. You know how, like, people our age will, like, give you a look up and down, and you're like, oh, okay, I know what's coming. The kids will just pass through and be like, oh, that shirt. (laughs) It's like, they're walking, (laughs) and they're like, wait, wait, what about the shirt? Good shirt, (laughs) bad shirt. You know what I mean? so I am always... And I wish, I wish, I wish, you know that serenity that you're supposed to get at forty, which now everyone says you actually get at fifty. Which I'm sure I'll get to (laughs) fifty. I'll get to fifty and be like, oh, I gotta up my Zoloft. This is somehow Mm -hmm. not getting better. Um, It just like they, they just. I wish I didn't want them to think I was cool. I, you know, or like interesting. Or I wish I could be cavalier about the thoughts of like the children and their friends. And like, I don't go out of my way to make them think I'm cool, but I do, like, if they don't react positively enough to something I'm doing, I'm like, oh, they don't, okay. <laughs> Nothing I do will impress. They them. love your tattoos. They do they do they do love those <laughs> they are unim- unimpressed by the books they don't care <laughs> uh hollywood like i'm not working on a show they like so they're like what a- oh that's what you're doing in the office with your door closed we don't care it's tough it's tough and i wish i didn't care what i do <laughs> It
1: that's so tough and and, and i do think like My favorite essay, I would say, in in this collection is very much about what you're doing in that room with the door closed. For years, you were trying to make this TV show about your first essay collection. And in this essay, you kind of do the work of writing that episode into an essay. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's talk about the nuts and bolts of that. Yeah. Um my when so when we first not first, when we find when we got the final no, let's put it that way. We'd been for different networks, different executives. When we finally got the final no, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I have been put through the meat grinder. Now I'm going to go be a hot dog or whatever it is that happens to ground meat. I'm going to be in some chili. Uh, Let's go. I was like, I'm going to. So it doesn't feel all for naught. I'm going to put the script in the book so people can like see at least what we were trying to do. Then I told my agent this plan and he was like, Viacom owns that script for like five more years. And he was like, we cannot back you in a lawsuit from Viacom. And I was like, oh, yes, I would never. I mean, I would never ask you to. So then I figured out a way to kind of I wanted to show what was in in the show. But then since I had to figure out another way to do it, I was like, "Okay." at the same time, I'm going to talk about the behind the scenes stuff because it's all stuff you can't. Oh, I don't know if you can't say it, but it's like frowned upon for you to say to like people who are not like in your writers' room or whatever. It's like you're not supposed to tell real people that like it's constant rejection and it's all a fallacy, and only like three people get to make exactly what they want to make, and the rest of us have to figure out how to try to fit our our round peg into a square hole. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that phrase is. And then uh, the added bonus for me was that like, I wanted to, people just make so many assumptions about careers and industries and whatever. And I just wanted to be like, Hey, don't feel, but you don't have to feel bad for me, but this is what it was like. It was seven years in, in the essay. I list all the things that have happened between (laughs) First, like taking taking the book out to see if anyone would buy it and when things ended and like counting the number of birthdays. Like when you think about a thing in terms of like, okay, this kid was five when I started and is 12 now that I'm finished. I can't believe I devoted such a big chunk of my life to this thing that is now going to be nothing. So I... I feel really good that I was able to salvage the thing and like paint a picture so maybe you can imagine what it would have looked like but also it answers people's questions about like where to show what are you doing right. why didn't why didn't they want it and I don't even get I mean I Hollywood is so opaque that like, it doesn't even hurt my feelings anymore. Because I used to, like, I would feel like, oh, is it me? Is it because the book is about me and the show would be about me? It, you know, it's not, it's right. It's money. It's, we have three fat shows. And so we don't want to make your fat show. You know what I mean? It's all these things that are out of my control that I should not take personally. And it felt good to be like, okay, everyone, this is what I tried to do. It's not working. Don't ask me about it ever again. <laughs> not and- really, but like, you know, that getting the like, when's your show gonna air? It's like, oh, never o'clock on every day.
1: <laughs> and-, and what we were talking about before is like you have written for some really wonderful shows, big big time. Of course you had your episode of Shrill, which was yes. a delight. And Thank then you, you were just on the Sex and the City reboot. And yet. Yes. And yet. Um, we were just talking before I pressed record about the WGA strike that just started. You mm-hmm. and strong. And how much it fits in <laughs> with your entire, with the experiences that you have documented in, in this book.
2: Yes. I, I mean, I was reading some of the. Cause you know, I don't see like other people's contracts and I definitely do not read my own. I'm just like, I'm like, where's the docu-sign? Whatever, whatever, just pay me please. (laughs) But like reading people's stories about how little they're making. And I'm lucky enough that like, I have the books. I live in Michigan. I don't have to worry about paying $3,000 for a studio apartment in Los Angeles but I I also get like residual checks that are like for $40 mm. or $9 <laughs> or whatever and I'm like okay this is like a laugh for me because I have another like source of income but like real people are getting these same checks and trying to like make a life out of it and that is bonkers to me particularly I saw an infographic first of all I love an infographic because (laughs) I don't know how to read so um (laughs) I saw an infographic of all of the like top CEOs in Hollywood and they're like how they're making like 200 million dollars a year I'm like okay you could shave some of that off and like pay 22 year olds who are like doing the heavy lifting in your writer's rooms that you'll never meet but are like funny and making your show great it really is distressing and it also but I'm glad it's happening for many reasons but I do love that like other people outside of the industry are paying attention because people hear tv or movie and they think millionaire and it's Mm -hmm. like not the person at the keyboard the millionaire is on screen saying the lines that someone else wrote the person who wrote it is like eating ramen (laughs) (laughs) seems unfair and then and then of course another
1: aspect of of your writing on on sex in the city is of course that you got a lot of death (laughs) (laughs) threats
2: People are... I mean, I knew people were nightmares before. But... So all the other TV I've worked on has been small. The Not really indie. But, you know, they have an indie feel in that, like... twelve people watch them. And we've, we're allowed to be super creative. And nobody ever contacted me about nothing. And then this show... I So I was a Sex and the City fan from, jump, like, when I was 19, like, watching it. I've, I've seen every episode dozens of times. And, like, I, it was a th- I could not believe they reached out to me. I couldn't believe I then got hired. And it's, I was, like, on cloud nine. And then the first <laughs> two things happened that clued me in that this is going to be a wild ride. First was... They're like, they did a like meet the new writers kind of thing. And they were like, "Here, here's our new brown faces. And it was like, everyone honed in on us. And we're like, these three are the ones messing up the show. Which is like, I wish. Next book, I'll explain like the hierarchy of who does what and how <laughs> anyone in my position. It's like, you're lucky if you see some original jokes I wrote. I'm not making the big decision, character big- decisions, decisions. So i I loved, I love, I loved it, but I was not prepared for, for that level of spotlight. And then on Twitter, I saw this woman I followed. I've since like nuked my Twitter. This woman I followed, we like, miss you. Swear. But oh, I, I would come back for you. I do always try to like read your Instagram to see if you post your tweets because you do have really good tweets and wrecks, but a lot of other people post your tweets did you know that uh, this is like a, a diversion, bit. but like a yeah. lot of like bookstagram people i'm always seeing maris tweets in their stories <laughs> but i saw this I woman it. on twitter so the task the first cast photo came out and miranda was wearing white pants and this very smart woman was like miranda wouldn't wear those pants uh, she has a child, and I was in my head. I'm like, "You're gonna see her child, like getting a stick sect or whatever. Like, she she's an adult. She can <laughs> <doesn't> wear white <laughs> pants." And I just that to me, I was like, "Okay, nobody has ever talked about anything I've worked on, and this is gonna be a thing everybody talks about." And I feel I felt like protective. And a little defensive. So I was like, I have to stop reading this stuff now. But I, people found me. Oh my God. I wrote the episode where Miranda gets fingered by Che, a non binary comic. And so many, some guy like commented on my Instagram that I was destroying the American family. And I was like, <laughs> it's you. Right? Like that, I should be richer than this if that's possible. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Why am I like wearing a shirt from Target? (laughs) Ruining families. And and so, like, I, I didn't it just is like insane to work, and I don't even know how the actors do it. I am but a lowly internet person, like just to have that many eyeballs like trained on you and what you made and nitpicking it and analyzing it and I'm the kind of person this is why I don't read book reviews either I'm the kind of person who I don't get mad I get like I gotta tell them what I was trying to do
1: because if they just
2: heard me explain it then they'll like it you know what I mean I'm like Mm -hmm. I want to convince, and you can't that is a a terrible way to be I wish I had a callus over my hard when it came to people's i don't even read reviews of like friends my books right friends books (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh no but she she didn't you're you're misinterpreted you know what i mean so it was it was wild to be to just hear everyone's misinformed thoughts and their threats against me which honestly like kind of made me laugh like I didn't no one is coming to roll right. and to <laughs> find me but it, it was it just was so overwhelming and I was like this is my first big show and I don't know if I could do another big show because <laughs> but I did work on season two so you you have more American family breaking up coming from me
1: I <laughs> love that and of course, in New York City, we, we
2: still say Cynthia Nixon is our governor. <laughs> yep, yeah, she is my personal governor. She's so nice. That's another thing. I mean, these women are like icons, and but they're also like regular people. Like Cynthia has texted me before and I'm like, are you- get off my phone. Are you kidding? You were going to be the governor. Don't. Don't ask me if I've seen this play. You know what I mean? I just am like, girl, yeah. you should be talking to the president. Not, not <laughs> me, but they're all they're all like so nice. But their audience, some of them are rabid <laughs> freaks. <laughs> Incredible.
1: I, I think another big um, theme in this collection, as well as, you know, as well as a few others, is we know that you want to be a crowd pleaser you yes. want to not to cause a fuss mm-hmm. and so you finally had an experience that really took that to the most extreme level that i could imagine um when you were telling jokes in the er tell me about that it
2: was it was one of those you <laughs> It was the kind of thing that like afterward I was like, I have to reevaluate how I move through the world because I'm like not a serious person and that can only that can only last for so long. So I went into anaphylactic shock, which is in my case, I don't know how it is for most people. I didn't like faint or anything, but I just Like, my face looked like it had been stung by a thousand bees, and I couldn't breathe, and I went to the ER and stood in line, (laughs) rather than running in and being like, please, please, I'm going to die, help me. I patiently stood in line, because I I never want anyone to yell at me, I never want anyone to, like, you know, I never want to be in the way, like, all that uh, low self-esteem stuff. But even when my life was at stake, I was like trying my hardest to be unobtrusive. And that is not a good way to live. (laughs) But I also, I mean, I have a sense of humor about like everything. And it's really annoying. I know to some people it's like, to be an adult, be serious. But I went into joke overload. (laughs) <laughs> and I couldn't breathe. Like they were trying to figure out whether or not to intubate me, and I'm trying to like crack the blowjob jokes. And the doctor was like, "You gotta chill." Like, I just was like, "I want these people to like me so that they'll save my life." And it's like, listen, they're gonna do it. They're jamming in the EpiPen. They're jamming in the steroids. They're do they're doing it. You don't have to do anything. Like the next day, because they they make you stay for, I think five hours. Because the once the epinephrine wears off, your whatever you reacted to could come back. Mm. So I sit there for five hours, and I did a lot of thinking about like, why am I like this? <laughs> what am I hoping to accomplish by being like this? And I know it's just like I just want people to be like, oh, I love her. She's the best even if it was going to kill me (laughs) to do so.
1: Timmy, I mean. I would prefer to compliment you on your hilarious book. And then, of course, another big Sam Irby trademark. (laughs) Oh, you know what I'm going to say, too. (laughs) You are normalizing talking about pooping. Maris, that's
2: my dream. I I just want poop talk to be casual. It's okay. Like, obviously, I feel a lot of shame because I'm always, like, pushing back on things that make you feel shameful. Like, I'm trying... Or not shameful, ashamed. I'm trying to just talk about stuff and remove whatever stigma. And pooping, it is so crazy because... Everyone, literally everyone does it. And yet, I'm sure you've been in situations too where it's like someone has to someone pooped in a bathroom and stunk up the party or whatever it was. And we all act like we would never. And it's <laughs> like that could always be you. That yet you do that. You just didn't have to do that at this party or in the middle of this meeting and everybody's like waiting for you to come back, but like you do it too. And so I, I'm just going to keep talking about it. My one goal in working on it, just like that was to get Carrie to poop. I got close. We got her on the toilet peeing and, and we got a bonus. We got her puking in season one. So I was satisfied, but like, I just, it's funny, you know, we see, I saw last night a Sky Rizzy commercial, like, for Crohn's disease. And I was like, this, it shows a guy, like, just like, ooh, like, holding his stomach a little bit. And they're like, here's some medicine, that'll fix you. And it's like, uh uh-uh. I want to see him with all his clothes off, sweating on the toilet while, like, an alien moves through his body. (laughs) And then give them the sky Rizzi and show me that it that it cured it. I just if we could be honest about that, I feel like so many people, it would like lift a burden you didn't even know you had off so many people. Like if you Tim, have, have to- you
1: seen this week's somebody somewhere?
2: No, Richard Everett. I show. got three texts about it <laughs> and I, I have not caught it. I haven't started season two yet. So I'm about to start because I heard there's some of my favorite stuff happening. <laughs> diarrhea, I would say. Uh, I mean, great. It's so great. Just anyone saying the word diarrhea. I'm like, yep. Yep. Talk about it. We have it. Everyone has. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm a poop evangelist what can I say? Thank you for your work. That's I what I'm going to get my Nobel okay. prize for.
1: <laughs> Sam, before we go, you know, yes. I, I know how much you read and I know how much you used to write about books. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta get so, back into that. No, yeah. talk about things that don't pay well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. no, for real. <laughs> so tell okay. me what you're looking forward to reading just started chain gang all-stars i would follow nana into a volcano he's like a genius i also on a recommendation of my local bookseller dot blue hour have you have you read that it's like a short novel about a couple that loses a baby so I was like, this isn't really a light reading, but I'll take it because you told me to. And then I am just starting the new Stephen Graham Jones. I Mm. love horror. I love him. I mean, he just the only good Indians like, like blew my hair back. Oh my god! So now I'm reading. I just finished My Heart Is a Chainsaw, and I'm gonna read Fear the Reaper and that's a a sequel yeah yes yeah it's like a three book series that dude is incredible he like has the kind of talent I mean and Nana too where you just are like reading and you're like man I cannot believe that someone's brain came up with this so I'm super excited to get Sam I can't believe
1: your brain came up with (laughs) this so thank you very much and quietly (laughs) hostile
2: You are the best. I'll do anything for you, anywhere, anytime.
3: Thank you for listening to the Maris Review. And check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today. And please subscribe
1: wherever you get your podcasts.